1: G-Shawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday
2: mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio.
3: Tom Brady didn't go anywhere. Aaron Rodgers didn't go anywhere. Aaron Rodgers teasing us for a year. <laughs> didn't go anywhere. A beautiful mystery. Tom Brady, was a bolt out of the blue. He's going to retire. Oh, my God. Tom Brady played every single game plus the postseason games after winning the Super Bowl. So he played more than anyone else in the first 17 seventeen-game scheduled season ever. He led the league in attempts, passes, and uh, attempts, yards, and touchdowns at the age of 44, retires. But did he ever even really retire? He hasn't missed. his back already. He's going, to be, he's going to be full, everything. Preseason practice, everything. We're asking on the Twitter feed, at KeyJMX, what has lasted longer than Tom Brady's retirement? Plus, you can vote on what we talk about at 945 a.m. Eastern by voting at KeyJMX.com. On our Choose Your Own Adventure segment, news segment where we put you in charge. Keyshawn J. Wilmax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Immediate reaction. When you heard the news, Jay, what was your immediate reaction?
2: I mean, when I got the text yesterday, I'm literally holding my son. He just threw up on me. My daughter's crying. <laughs> And, and the weird I, thing is, I, your son's like 20, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, closer to 20 months. But its um, I look down at my phone, and I see it. I'm just like, OK. Like It, it wasn't shocking to me. It, it was one of these things that, it, Max, you and I have been on this tip for a while. And I know Kia thought he was going to retire. But every time I heard Tom Brady speak, it was like he was on the fence. And he, it was also like he was trying to talk himself into the fact that he is retired. Like, yes, I am playing golf. I'm with my family and I love it. And Steve Young said something so fascinating on Scott Van Pelt last night. And I I want you guys to hear it and then we can discuss it, come out of it. Let's listen to it. Usually physically it becomes obvious Peyton Manning. He couldn't raise his arm to throw drew Brees had throat. Like when your arm goes, then you, you, you know, I'm not going to go out there and embarrass myself. But when you have your arm still fully intact and you think you can go throw it in this game today that it is much safer for quarterbacks, and Tom always says there's no one patrolling in the middle of the field, flats are open and no one can hit me, uh, and he can still throw it. So that's the thing. Once he, can, once he starts
0: to fail with the arm, that's when you know it's going to be done.
1: Yeah, he's right about that. In, in, in most times, though, guys, as I said before, when you retire – You know, this was more about Aaron Rodgers. You retire because you can't do it anymore. Um, Tom Brady can still do it. Why he chose to take everybody on a whirlwind tour over the last two months, I don't know. I can't answer that. Was he conflicted? Yes, he was conflicted emotions ride high at the end of a season when you just got smacked and bounced out of the playoffs by the Rams. You now say, man, I don't feel like doing this. Your kids are there, your family. Then all of a sudden you get these two minutes of chilling and that frustration goes away. And you say, you know what? I can still play. I'm going back to play. I ain't got nothing else to do. And so I understand why he's coming back. What I don't like about it though, Max, is that you're retired, and then you unretire. Tells me you got one foot in, one foot out. You you want to retire, but you still want to play. But see, I got the feeling, key always Jay, that
3: he didn't want to retire. See, if I got the feeling like part of him was thinking one foot out, I had the feeling he had both feet in because he kept talking about how much he loved NFL football, how he could still do it at a very high level, and how. His family has sacrificed for him for so long. In other words, now it's time for him to sacrifice for them. And to my way of thinking, Jay, that doesn't work. You have to do things because you want, you want to, to do them. them. Because, because you feel like, oh, I'm missing family time. I have to be there. If you're feeling the pull, that's one thing. If you're like, no, I, should, I think we should keep things the way they are, but y'all are telling me, no you must sacrifice this i don't think that'll work you
2: see as soon as he did this yesterday i was like oh okay this is our whole show tomorrow everybody's gonna be talking about you know what are what are the is he the odds favorite to win a super bowl Is he the odds favorite to win another mvp who else can they bring back in free agency but i have to tell you guys naturally where my brain went to is well how much longer is tom brady gonna play like, are we talking about another year or another three years? Is he going to have a retirement tour like we've seen Kobe or Coach K do? Like, is, how, how is he going to go out now? Like, My brain went to that. How much longer does Tom Brady have to play this game? And then when he actually does leave, what is it going to be like? Will we know beforehand or will it be sudden again?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, here's the thing. When I made the cliff prediction, that wasn't based on me seeing anything. That was based on just kind of the actuary tables for quarterbacks, right? They all hit a wall here, and then they fall off or retire. So maybe sometimes they just had a natural dip in their career. Assume they were getting old, because that's how it always works. And they retired. Maybe they could have kept going. I don't know. But that's what I've seen throughout the entire history of the NFL. Oldest guy was um, uh, Warren Moon, had a good age 41 season, but the next season he was toast, right? So So... But then when I was watching in New England, I thought his arms still look strong, but sometimes when you get older and you lose arm strength, you start to muscle the ball, so you start missing guys in order to get the zip. But what I was seeing was what everyone else was saying. No, he just doesn't have receivers on the team, mm. right? He still looks like he could do it to me, and I don't see why he would stop now. He looks like he's having so much fun. He looks like he's really
1: enjoying his NFL career. Yeah, no, he, he certainly is enjoying his NFL career, no question about it. You know, you, you stop because you can't do it anymore. You stop because they don't want you anymore. Or you stop because you want to spend time with your kids and see them grow. You know, think about it. I don't know if his kids play sports or not, but most kids' sports are on the weekends. When is your games? On the weekends. You don't have the opportunity to be a part of that. That is something that you miss as a professional athlete when you have young children. You miss those sort of things depending on the sport that they're playing in. So I thought, okay, well, maybe his son is training to be a quarterback and Tom wants to be there to teach him and see him do it. Now I look at it and say, well, maybe his son doesn't play sports. Or maybe he he does, but that's just
3: not – you know, life is about making choices and and, and – creating hierarchies of importance in your mind, you can still have a close, loving relationship with a family member even if you miss some games, you know? By the way, via Field Yates, Tom Brady's last nine seasons end like this. 2013 lose playoff game, 14 win Super Bowl, 15 lose playoff game, 16 win (laughs) Super Bowl. See if you see a pattern emerging. 17 lose playoff game, 18 win Super Bowl, 19 lose playoff game, 20 win Super Super Bowl, Bowl. 21 Lose playoff game, will 2022 follow this pattern of every other year winning the Super Bowl?
1: Some people just got all the luck.
3: (laughs) Yeah, but right. See, for so long, I thought it was. But at a certain point, you have to say, wait a minute. Like, luck in the sense that playing in a weak AFC East with no quarterbacks in the division – all you have to do is win one home playoff game. Belichick's your coach. You're in the AFC Championship game. See, things seem to always go the way. At a certain point, it ain't luck. Luck Lu-
2: is the residue of des- design. Correct. I've always said it. Luck is the residue of design. Like, my, and key with all the right acquisitions out there for their team. You know, there are questions around every team, but <laughs> you got to think with Tom Brady coming back. Like, they're they're in prime position to win this thing again, just like that. I, that, I, that had to be one of the major factors into the, the decision-making uh, process for him is that you're sitting there looking at the NFC saying, okay, real, realistically, the Rams, like we'll see if they can bring everybody back. You have Green Bay. Like This thing is wide
1: open. It's wide no, open it in is, the NFC. It, it's, it's wide open, but they're going to they be missing some pieces. I mean, I see Leonard Fournette bouncing. I mean, that's a big, big piece that they're going to be missing. You know, Ronald Jones potentially bouncing, you know, O.J. Howard. I mean, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to repeat it. They're, think- not, they're not going to be able to do the same thing that they did after they won the Super Bowl.
3: Marpet retiring to me is the big – like, to me, running backs – and I'm not – look, Leonard Fournette under pressure. What The reason I think he, what distinguishes him from a, just you know just a guy, a jag, is that he played his best in the biggest moments. That means something to me. But the, losing a guy off your offensive line like Marpet to me is like, a, that's a hard thing to replace. Keyshawn. Yeah, it, it, it is.
1: No, I was going to say it is. It is hard to replace him.
4: Yeah.
3: Keyshawn J. Willamax, presented by Progressive Insurance, offering coverage options as unique as your business. Progressive covers companies of many sizes and specialties. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. All
4: right, let's get back to brackets. Most of us get a certain number of opportunities. <laughs> Some of us get more than others. The best opportunities are the opportunities that are backed up with belief. The team it's not just about opportunity, man. It's about someone believing in you.
0: The madness has hit its peak.
4: We're going to be ready. You be ready. And let's see what happens. Let's see what the hell happens.
3: Seth Greenberg, ESPN basketball analyst, with us now. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to fill out your brackets and play along with us. Filling out brackets with ESPN is free and easy. The ESPN Tournament Challenge is presented by WebEx. Good morning, Coach. Good morning, gentlemen.
4: What's happening? What's up? What's happening? Right? Oh, by the hand. way, by the hand way hand. I figured I figured it out. Tom Brady decided to come back last night to take pressure off the Michigan team that's at 11th seed. <laughs> <laughs> he is a big Michigan guy.
2: Yeah, that could be true. Jab in there, Seth.
4: <laughs> why, why couldn't I? Why couldn't I?
2: Hey,
4: look, you guys have something to talk about now. But, you know, what? we also have to talk about the NCAA tournament because I think this is going to be one of the Agreed. most wide-open tournaments in recent time.
2: So let me ask you, big boy. My Duke team, when they got the oh, two-seed
4: – I was like, okay, I
2: mean, we'll take it. But uh, Tennessee, it felt like should have had a two-seed, and I felt like Duke was more in a three-line. What were your thoughts? Do you want the truth?
4: All right, I guess I'll give you the truth. Here's the deal, whether it's a two-seed or a three-seed. Duke hasn't played well in the last month. Yeah. They have no identity. They're not turning people over defensively uh, like they were early in the season. Uh, in the half court, uh, I'm not sure how they score. Paolo nice. Bancaro is a talent, but, you know, quite honestly, he plays about a third of the game. Uh, uh, they they're, they have a tough draw because let's face it. I mean, if they get Michigan State. They're more talented. than Michigan State. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Michigan State obviously has an identity. They can't turn Michigan State over. We know Tom Izzo is a very good tournament coach. If they get by Michigan State, they got Texas Tech. Texas Tech is going to mug them. I mean, Texas Tech is one of the most physical teams in the country. So they can't score it like Duke, but they know exactly who they are. I, you know, my thing with Duke is, it, it, look, it's been incredible what they Coach K has done. It's incredible, obviously. That they're in this position, number two seed with a chance. I just don't know if they know who they are and how they win, and especially at the end of the game. Uh, and you, you've seen it in the last month. You saw it against North Carolina. You saw it against Virginia Tech. You saw it against, you know, Syracuse, a team that was playing without their best player. So, you know, forget what, whatever they're seated. They're not playing well right now.
1: Mm. Coach, which region you think will have like the, I don't know, the big upsets, the big upsets.
4: All right, hey, kid, here's the deal. Six eleven. I'm I'm saying that th- this is a year every six eleven could be an upset. Virginia Tech could beat Texas. Texas can't score. Virginia Tech put on a clinic the other day. Uh, they defend. They got matchup problems. That that that's a potential upset. You know, I look at I look at uh, Rutgers. Uh, you know, beating uh, Alabama, winning their playing game. I look exactly. at all the six elevens. I think Michigan will beat Colorado State to honor Tom Brady and his return to the, uh, to the NFL. And I think oh, that Ellis, uh, Iowa State will beat LSU because uh, LSU's playing with an interim coach, and you know, they've kind of been in disarray. So I think those, and I think U.S. I, I, that's right, Keith, I'm talking to you now. Oh, boy. Uh-huh. Oh, boy. Uh, I think they're going to have a little problem with Miami. I think Miami's going to spread out all those big dudes, drive them, kick them. Scramble them up and uh, if we, if we get, got, if we get, got, get past got, Miami, though, we got Bruce Pearl, huh? You got the fighting Bruce Pearls, yeah. The fighting Bruce Pearls, who you know, actually, that if you can keep the game in front, Bruce's team, obviously, Jabari Smith's ridiculous, but their guard's shot selection, decision making has not been good at the end of the season. And uh, you know, the size and length, obviously, of USC, He's is like the fifth largest, tallest, too. <laughs> but you got to get by to my the fighting Jim Laronegas, who's a very, very good tournament
2: coach seth greenberg espn basketball analyst covering everything from the nba to college basketball my, my guy knows it all on Keyshawn j will and max so big boy i gotta ask you a question seth on this one because it, this is going to be the topic of the day and key talks about them all the time out of all the number one seeds who do you think has the toughest draw do you think that's the zags
4: i actually think it's baylor i call it the blue blood bracket you uh, know, I mean, like you got Carolina, Indiana, UCLA, Purdue, Michigan State, Kentucky, and Baylor's undermanned. I mean, Baylor was the fourth number one, but I mean, if you look at that bracket, I mean, it, it's pretty daunting. I mean, UCLA is not a number four. Uh, UCLA now that they're healthy, they haven't been healthy all season. They're only healthy about ten days the last ten days. So UCLA healthy now, I think they're dangerous. Virginia Tech obviously is the ACC champion, playing at a high level. Purdue, if you look at their team. I mean, they got two of everything. They're like Noah's Ark. I mean, and they got those two big guys. Uh, the one thing about Purdue is they don't guard all the time. Michigan State, we know they're tough, and in in the tournament, and then Kentucky. I think that's the toughest, toughest bracket with the weakest number one because Jonathan Chanmoochachu was not there, uh, so they have limited depth.
1: Is, is Gonzaga going to be the Cinderella team this year? <laughs>
4: How could you make up a Cinderella team, Katie,
1: <laughs> <number one> double? <laughs> <I mean, laughs> because I, mean, I, I mean, they, because, because maybe that's the way they can finally finish the deal. They could be Cinderella. All
4: right. Well, you know what? I mean, I, here's the thing. I mean, you know, I'm going to give you a sneaky, a sneaky, interesting second round game for them. Uh, I think if UConn wins or Arkansas wins, two teams that just flat get after you, get under you, are physical. UConn be scores that a little bit better. That will be a tough game for Gonzaga because uh, Isaiah Whaley uh, for UConn is an elite defender. Sunogo is a wide body that can carve out space and will probably knock through Timmy back a little bit. If they can get consistent guard play from R.J. Cole, that would be an interesting. The same thing with our, Arkansas. Arkansas's got good overall size, which is key to play against Gonzaga. They switch one through five. They've got a... Uh, a really good inside player in Jalen Williams and JT Note depending on which team he's playing for. Sometimes he plays for Arkansas, sometimes he plays for his opponent. But when JD Note is playing for Arkansas and making shots, uh you know, they've won I think uh, 13 of their last 15. They're 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 a dangerous team.
2: All right, Seth, who's your final four and your champion? You, I this was always my favorite part. Of When we did bracketology, because as soon as Eight the brackets to four come out, to two to one. literally within two <laughs> seconds, like, all right, pick your final four, pick your champion. And we're going to
4: put it oh, on the, on the website.
2: Everybody's going to destroy you when your brackets wrong. But who do you exactly?
4: Ah, uh, thanks, Jay. Well, I appreciate that. I woke up to-, to look at my Twitter and go, that's why you got fired. You know nothing about basketball. Uh, Cause I picked against your team. So you hate me. Um, uh, I've got Gonzaga, Kentucky, Arizona, and Iowa. Iowa, Keegan Murray, right? Keegan Murray could have a Kemba-type run in the NCAA tournament. I've got Arizona beating Iowa. I've got uh, Gonzaga beating Kentucky. But i got Arizona to cut it down. I love Arizona. I'll tell you, Dale uh, Dale and Terry and Benedict Matherin, those wings are dynamic, Mm -hmm. just dynamic. And uh, and they've got enough depth up front. I think Turbello is – is really a hard matchup. At six nine runs the floor, can play in the baseline. Very good passing team. Uh, not a great shoot, three point shooting team, but good enough. Uh, they just scored easy, which would be amazing. First year head coach could win the national championship, if I'm right.
2: So how many one seeds do you have in the final four? Seth, did you say two one seeds or
4: three? I got three. I got really? three, and then Iowa. Wow,
2: and Iowa. Iowa won the Big Ten. Okay. Iowa, yeah, Iowa, Iowa can score, man. Yeah, the can. Bad, you know, How long has Jordan Bohannon be really been in Iowa college, Seth? <laughs> hey, Jordan Bohannon has
4: been in college getting, for sorry. nine years. Yeah, I, I had a full head of hair; it was flowing flocks. Uh, I actually needed a comb back then when he when he when he, when he was a freshman. <laughs> He's going to be a doctor by the time.
3: He's one
1: guy in the a doctor. He's been there for nine years. So did Jay. He had a full. He had a full head of hair
4: too. Key, you know when, when you lose it and you just shave it, very sexy. Yeah, guys. Still confident out here in these streets. Nothing <laughs> wrong with a baldy?
1: I'm not trying to break your
4: confidence, man. You
1: can't.
3: You, you, you know can't. what the best part of a, <laughs> a baldy is? You get out of the shower, you're already dry. I'm oh, it's go. so great. Ready to go. Oh, it's so good.
4: Hey, you shave that thing off. You never see any gray hair. <laughs>
3: That's right. I, sh- right. I had a baldy in college, right I, after college, yeah. I, I, oh, it was the easiest.
4: Whoa, whoa. Max, Matt, 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 Matt. that would be a bad look. Oh, no, good no, good. no I I see, good. it.
3: there's you a hip-hop good, video. video yeah. A yeah, no, 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 I, got, no, no, I pulled it off. I freestyle. pulled it off, He, he pulled, yeah. it. It pulled it off,
1: yeah. And he thought, he thought you pulled <laughs> it off, like Kyrie thought he pulled that jacket off. That's not what they were saying? That's not what they were saying behind my back? Absolutely.
3: That is Seth Greenberg, ladies and
5: gentlemen. Thanks, Coach. All right, SG. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, buddy.
6: slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike.
1: g Jay J-Will, and Max, the podcast.
3: The NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Sixers host the Nuggets. Oh, you, I got to go here. I got to go there. You ain't got to miss the game. On ESPN Radio. Oh, nothing like listening to the game on the radio while you're getting stuff done. Presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Speaking of the NBA, as you heard in SportsCenter, KD went for 53 yesterday at Barclays against the Knicks. But it was what KD had to say after the game that had everyone talking. Here is Kevin Durant asked about New York City Mayor Eric Adams allowing Kyrie in the building, but not on the floor to play.
1: its ridiculous. Like, it just feels like at this point now, somebody's trying to make a statement or a point, um, to flex their authority. Um, but you know, everybody out here looking for attention. And that's what I feel like the, the mayor wants right now, some attention, you know, um, but he'll figure it out soon. He better. Um, but it just didn't make any sense. Like, there's unvaxxed people in this building already. We got a guy
2: who uh, can come into the building. I guess, are they fearing our safety? We're, like, I
1: don't get it. So, yeah, we're all confused. Pretty much everybody in the world is confused at this point. Early on in the season, you know, people didn't understand what was going on. But now it just looks stupid. So, hopefully, Eric, you, you got to figure this out.
2: So, look, I, I understand this is a bigger station, a bigger conversation. and I get that it's polarizing and this is just not me pushing for Kyrie Irving to play but it's just trying to understand the rationale and i understand that people will say well it's incentivizing people in the private sector to get vaccinated which obviously that has led us to the point where 88% vaccination rate in, in new, new york, york yeah. right that
3: 74 that, or 6 nationally yeah
2: yeah that, that that's great right that has allowed us to be at this point where we're out and about I, I still just don't – there's a part of me that doesn't understand the reasoning and it feels like it is a matter of time while you have other unvaccinated players that can come in the this, this city and play in the Barclays Center Why Kyrie Irving is still allowed to be there sitting courtside, still dapping up teammates when the NBA has a 99% vaccination rate. That's what's confusing to I me. Can't,
3: I. I can't – listen, I cannot answer that. Why is it that players who play for other franchises – By the way, they may have apartments in New York, right? Like, why can they play in Barclays, but not if you play for the Nets? Mm -hmm. You may may have primary residents maybe out of New York, right? Like, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The other stuff does make sense to me for the reasons that you and I discussed earlier and we discussed on the show and you just articulated. Listen to Michael Wilbon on NBA Countdown on KD's comments about Kyrie, specifically not being able to play home games.
1: You want to call out somebody? Call out your teammate. Tell him to get a shot because he's got plenty of them because he couldn't have gone to grade school in Metropolitan New York without vaccines. I mean, all these guys want to be so irresponsible and not accountable enough to look at this dude. And tell him, You want to play with us? Get a sh-. put a shot in your arm. The vaccine is not about attention. People died, hundreds of thousands of them from this virus. And you, you think the mayor of New York needs to attend to a basketball team's needs? Your needs before he needs to attend to the needs of a metropolitan area, the biggest in America? Are you kidding me? Key, he's
3: Wilbon talking about the vaccine. Like one of the reasons vaccine rates aren't much, much, much higher is, you know, the proliferation of media. The Internet, social media, et cetera, as opposed to like when the polio vaccine or measles, mumps and rubella vaccine came out is everywhere. And there's a lot of low quality information that people have been susceptible to. And so there's much more skepticism about hard science than there used to be. What about Will Bond's point? When I was a kid, you couldn't go to school if you didn't have the measles, mumps and rubella vaccine.
1: Well, I think it, I think one, your parents, when you were in school, were the ones who had the information. There was no Internet detectives. They were not individuals uh, out there putting misinformation out in the universe to cloud the mind. Kyrie Irving is a grown ass man and he has whatever information is at his disposal that he believes in or doesn't believe in. If he decides that that's what he wants to do with his body, who am I to tell him what to do with his body? But he must understand that he's not stepping on the court until such mandate is lifted or he takes a vaccination. So it's, going to disrupt their path of winning an NBA championship as it looks right now. So I don't know why the rules are in place in New York. They were set way before Eric Adams became the mayor there. They were already signed off on when this pandemic first took place. I I think it's irresponsible to think that it's about the Brooklyn Nets winning a championship and that Eric Adams should just veto immediately so that he can get on the court. I think it's irresponsible of that.
3: Yeah. I could say something about that, like Jay and Kia, but especially Jay, because you and I have talked, like discussed this mm-hmm. um, uh, at length on this show. One of the reasons really the main reason we're coming out of the pandemic, which we appear to be is because there are miraculously right. Is, are several vaccines available. They're safe and effective. And so 88% in New York, of the population has gotten vaccinated. We're still not where we want to be, but we're close. Okay, so we're coming out of the pandemic. Understand, the pandemic can come back. There were, when the anti-vax stuff started online, seriously, before this pandemic, right? This is going back 10, 15 years. And some celebrities who should know better, but don't, maybe they shouldn't know better, were coming out in support of like, vaccines cause autism, all kinds of nonsense. (laughs) All of a sudden... In certain spots where I'd like to take my kids in L.A. back then, when I lived in L.A., there were measles outbreaks because vaccination rates for the entire population started uh. dipping. Measles came back. Measles are done, but they came back. You think that COVID can't come roaring back? It can. So, um, uh, uh, mayors and and politicians and people, as Key said, who are responsible for populations. Including, as Michael Wilbon said, you know, Eric Adams, the largest metropolitan area in the country, have to consider the fact that mandates work. So you want to, well, why are people allowed in the building? Because we are coming out of it because mandates work. if If they didn't work, they wouldn't be implemented. Right. Well that, I mean they, they so so we're coming out of it because they work. if we take away mandates, the fear is right oh, I'm not going to get vaccinated. They talk tough, then you can make a cost and and the cost gets high, and people say, all right, forget it i'll take I'll take the shot. Kyrie's sticking to his guns, nope, not going to get it. that's on him. he's standing on his own principle,
2: right, but it does affect what he can do. by the way, Kyrie Irving hasn 't said anything, so you know i I know it's interesting when this conversation comes up, people start attacking Kyrie Irving when he's not the one that even said anything, right? Like, he's just he's going about his business. He's nobody
1: nobody's attacking him. It's, surround, no, yeah. it's surrounding around him.
2: KD it's is the one who made the him. comment. I, I understand that. But, you know, Key, I also hear what people say, and the conversation always comes down to it, it feels like there's a lot of anger that comes towards Kyrie. And my thing is, like, he hasn't said anything. He's doing his business. He's going about his point. Uh, why did you snap your fingers?
3: You know what it is? Because I, you hit on something really important there that we all kind of assume, but we should, put a, 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 we should put some words to it, right? Kyrie is free to make his own choices. This is America. And I will defend it to, the, to my last breath. No one's going to make you stick a needle in your arm if you don't want to do it yes. in, in America, okay? Should, that should never happen. But there will be a cost to pay, potentially. If we're Understood. in a pandemic, you don't get it. And Kyrie is free to make that choice and pay the cost. We're mad at Kyrie... Because we, and I say we, I mean culturally right now, there are those who are, have this attitude toward Kyrie because he's so great at something that the rest of us want to see him do that thing that he's better at than almost anyone who ever lived, right? And the fact that his choice is costing us the opportunity of seeing there him, it's almost like are we willing, the, like Kyrie is willing to pay the price, right, even as the cost rises, are the rest of us willing to pay the price of not watching Kyrie pay, play for the Brooklyn Nets? That's the question. I am, because I think the mandates are important. Someone else might say, man, I, like we're coming out of this. Make an exception see, for Kyrie, but, but, but see that's the thing. Though. See, but that's I not Kyrie think it's much asking. Than
2: that. Hold on, kid. That's not Kyrie asking us to make an exception for him. No, he's not. asking. He's not that. saying no. that. Nope. And these these are all conversational points that people end up using in sports media, to, like to attack the Brooklyn Nets. Or here's the one thing that's holding the back. Or just get the. And my thing is like, other people can have their opinions on it. You could talk about it, but we're not hearing it from the horse's mouth because he's just going about his business. Well, like, he's are, allowed you know, to show it. up at the game. He shows up at the game. Key. Hey, I'm here. I'm supporting Key. my teammates. I'm doing it to the best of my ability. He's not the one so turning I think it's head a great point.
3: Different. I think it's a great point, Jay. Key, Eric Adams, New York City mayor. You want to hear what he had to say about this at his press conference? Absolutely. Because someone heckled him about Kyrie's availability. Listen to this.
2: And you're right, sir. You're right. And you're right. Thank you. Listen, you're right. Kyrie can play tomorrow. Get vaccinated. It's
3: pretty simple. <laughs> Bing bang. And but but Kyrie, but you too understand that. Yeah. Kyrie understands that too. <laughs> That's why he's not playing. He is willing to pay the price and the rest of us are
2: mad about it. Yes. The rest
3: of us are are not sure we want to pay the price of mandates if it means Kyrie can't play basketball, right?
2: And I heard people <laughs> the other day say it was a bad look for Kyrie to show up to the game because that would antagonize Eric Adams. But He's allowed to show up at these venues now because if you're unvaccinated, you can attend games. And they're
3: also putting pressure on Adams, just like the, he yeah. and KD are putting pressure that's on That's fine. But, that's he, their but he has every
2: right to. He's yeah. allowed to actually show Well, that's the whole point of the rule. You can show up. I can talk to you. I can touch you. I can be there, but I can't play. I'm abiding by the rules. That's what you want, right? I'm abiding by the rules. I think it's a good point.
3: Kevin Durant is not the only former MVP who is trying to bring a title to New York. Like KD plays in New York, by the way. Everyone said like, Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn Nets, New York City. And don't forget, we're back in less than two minutes talking about the possibility, the po- or possibly, the worst bad beat of all time. Ooh. Keyshawn J. Willamax on ESPN Radio, the ESPN App Series, XM Channel 80.
2: Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive
1: Brady is
0: back, baby! Adam, uh, what is it that changed during this two-month period? 40
6: days since Tom Brady retired, and I think as he stepped back and reflected, he did not feel like the time was right right now.
3: Tom Brady's quote-unquote final career touchdown ball, listen <laughs> to this, guys, sold at auction for over half million dollars, 518 Gs at auction, Ball that Tom Brady threw 55 yards to Mike Evans that turned into a touchdown in the 2022 NFC Divisional Round, five hundred eighteen thousand six hundred and twenty-eight bucks at auction on Saturday. Is this the worst bad beat of
1: all time? It feels like feels it, like right? it's right up there. Yeah, it feels like oops. <laughs> I mean. He, Whoever purchased it, didn't you not do any, like, research to see if this dude was really coming back or what the deal was? Because, I mean, I'm sure they got plenty of money. they dropping a half a, a half a yard on a, a, a football. But it's like, man, that's, you might as well just throw that in the fireplace. What would no, that, work? What what would that gotta, be you, worth? You got to send
2: that... that ball to, to Tom and have him sign it my first retirement. Yeah. Now and I that's still gonna it. be a valuable. It won't still be, be valuable. Yeah, it'll yeah. still be valuable, but not like the
3: I last one he I, ever I, threw. My, my last
6: pass of the twenty twenty two playoffs. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah, know that it I don't <laughs> know that
1: it's has any value anymore.
6: No, has, look, any,
1: it has any any ball
3: that Tom Brady throws for a touchdown in an NFL game has some value. No, no,
1: no, 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 Max. No, not five eighteen. Five hundred and eighteen thousand?
3: No, I give him the six hundred twenty eight though
1: that ain't value. <laughs> <found.
3: laughs> I give him <them> the 628 <laughs> at the end. I keep the 518
2: and give him the 628 bucks. And can, can you imagine how excited that person must have I got the last football Tom Brady ever threw a touchdown pass with. Oh. And then for Literally. this to happen. When did when did they actually
1: purchase it?
3: I don't know. Uh, I just read it. It was sold at auction on Saturday. Sat-
1: Saturday. <laughs> huh? oh, 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 is that a killer? Oh, oh is that a killer? This is Saturday. That is
3: such a killer.
1: But wait, uh, okay. So he could put a stop payment on it, probably. Uh, you no, know, you he probably bought it at auction.
2: Typically, can't. aren't you
6: paying? I that mean, I've never up? bought anything at an auction. Yeah, so typically
2: they take your money pretty quickly on Oof. live auctions or things like that. Saturday,
6: Saturday. So dispute the charges right now. Yeah, dispute the charges, yeah, dispute. Amex, the charges. that wasn't me. Yeah. Amex, that was not me.
3: <laughs> fraud alert! <laughs> it's <a> fraud alert! <laughs> <laughs> the fraud is Tom Brady. Hey, he said he was retired. Played that game. A Brady, couple
1: times. Brady should just pay the people the money back, man. Yeah, everyone's no. spending a lot of Tom Brady's money. He should take less money. He should Get pay the dude back.
2: Have Giselle pay it back. Major League Baseball's back, and we're going to play 162 games.
5: There are nearly 300 players available in free agency and trades, meaning there could be an average of 10 players a day finding new homes before opening day.
3: Buster only with us now on Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio. I mean, now we get to talk about the thing I care about in sports more than anything else, and that's the New York Yankees, especially when they make a significant trade. Buster Olney, why did the Yankees do this deal? They not only got Josh Donaldson, but they got a guy who's won a gold glove at third and from what I've seen can really pick it at short. Why'd they make the deal?
5: Yeah, to upgrade their defense. Um, You know, they upgraded its shortstop. uh, Kiner Falefa uh, will go, you know, and and man shortstop uh, by trading Gary Sanchez. And you know, this is a Yankee fan. Um, You know, that's a spot that's been a real uh, problem area for them. You had pitchers privately complaining about Sanchez's defense. That goes, uh, you know, that goes by the board. And Donaldson, you know, he still is considered to be a good third baseman, maybe not as good as he used to be but they bring him in. Uh, That all said, I I would still be shocked if when the dust settles and we're at opening day, if they didn't add a left-handed hitting first baseman like Freddie Freeman, like Matt Olson, like an Anthony Rizzo, because the lineup with his trade yesterday, unbelievably right-handed. It's been an issue how right-handed it is. It's a huge issue now, which is why I think there's a good chance they'll wind up with one of those left-handed sluggers.
3: I have so many questions. Real quick, guys, I want to follow up. and This is like two different questions, really, but I'm surprised if they don't make move at Catcher Buster. They don't seem to have enough hitting behind the dish now, number one. And number two, I always thought the right-handed power was by design because in the new Yankee Stadium, righties who can take the ball the other way, there's like a jet stream going out.
5: Yeah, that and it absolutely was by design. The Yankees' internal studies were that right-handed hitters actually benefited being Yankee Stadium more than left-handed hitters. But as I've had this conversation with executives within the Yankees organization, that's all great, but when you talk to the managers in the division, they love the fact that you're all right-handed. Yeah. <laughs> so I do think, and, and last year I began to, got the sense that the Yankees were moving away from that, and, and that's why I think they'll wind up with a, left-hander, uh, a, a left-handed hander left hitting first baseman. And about the catching, uh, I think they're at peace with the idea that that's going to be a defensive position for them, that guy hitting ninth in the lineup and uh, the focus being on the, uh, handling the pitching stuff.
1: Buster, Freddie Freeman, you keep mentioning Yankees left-handed first baseman. He's still on the market, right? I mean, it, it's, it's there. The Yankees can grab it if they want it. What's the market for, for Freeman right now, and the Yankees getting into the mix seriously, or is it just rumors?
5: No, they're definitely in the mix. And I'm in Braves camp here this morning down in Florida, and, and guys, there's a real chance he's going to leave, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the ownership of the Braves had a chance to take him off the board last spring. They didn't do it. They had a chance to take him off the board last uh, summer. They didn't do it. Um, and, and as one agent said to me, you turn these into a competition and this is what competitors are going to do. Uh uh, the Dodgers have intense interest. The question has always been about the Dodgers, you know, what would the deal structure be? Because Freeman's 32. Key, you know this, the Dodgers typically with players in that age range like to give a four- or five-year deal. So will they pay him very well for in a four- or five-year deal, say 30 million, $32 million a year? You know, will that get it done? Uh, the Yankees, uh, certainly, you know, with the, the higher CBT level that was agreed to last week, all the pressure now that's there because the Mets are spending like crazy. Will they step up? They are in conversations on Freeman. Um, And at any point, you know, Braves ownership, which killed it last year, making a huge profit, could step up and say, you know what, he's the face of the franchise, pay the man.
1: Mm. Buster Only uh, joining us from Braves training camp on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max – this, Clay, this Clayton Kershaw deal back to the Dodgers is it, is it do we need him in the rotation or is this a legacy farewell deal so to speak
5: no key I think they need him um you know when you look at the the, the staff and the rotation uh, you know they certainly you know depth is going to be a question coming into the season and he demonstrated last year that he's okay I am going to be curious to see if the Dodgers Sort of slow play his season, you know, because he, he wasn't able to finish last year. In previous seasons, you know this. At times, it was like he got a, a month vacation or six week vacation to make sure that he was right for the postseason. He was rolling along for a lot of last year, and then when he broke down, he wasn't able to come back. Uh, but I, I thought it was a good signing, and I, I'm glad that you know a future Hall of Famer guy should be unanimous pick when he's up for induction. Will you know this increase the likelihood he's going to finish with the team?
3: Man, Kershaw, if he had been better in the playoffs throughout his career, would have a very good argument that he's the greatest pitcher of all time because past his prime yep.
2: now, he's still a very good pitcher when he's on the hill. Um, hey, Buster, I was going to ask you very quickly, what's the latest on Carlos Correa?
5: So it's a fascinating situation, guys. Uh, you know, He, of course, was considered to be the best of the shortstops uh, going into the fall um, in this elite class of shortstops, he got, from what I understand, a $275 million offer from the Detroit Tigers, and he turned it down. Then we go into the lockout. He fired his old agent. Well, here's the thing. If he signed, if, uh, and, he, and he hired Scott Boris, if he signs a $300 million deal now, then his previous agency has a claim potentially on a lot of that commission. Uh, there's also a question now, is there a team out there in the marketplace looking to spend $300 million on a shortstop? It might be a very short list. So what might happen is he could take a one-year deal, say go back to the Astros for a lot of money for one year, and then go back out of the market in the fall. And that, of course, would be nice for Mr. Boris because <laughs> then his uh, negotiation would be reset. And Scott would get uh, you know, be in line for all the commission rather than just part of it.
1: I ain't taking that chance, Jay. <laughs> Give me my $300 million and y'all can argue over the fees. I just need to know what the Yankees are going to do,
3: with catcher. When you have a catcher and a shortstop who can hit, that's a huge strategic advantage. And the Yankees don't have a shortstop who can hit anymore. They can pick it in the field, but I don't know about two guys who are substandard hitters. I'm concerned. Buster, I'm concerned, but excellent information as always. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Buster. All right, Buster. Yeah, see, I like having a – I'm spoiled as a Yankees fan. You know, Posada and Jeter years and all that stuff. And even since then, they've always Man, the come up with had. guys.
1: Stop always hyping the Yankees. The Yankees ain't been around good in 10
2: years. They're, they're very good.
3: All, all the last 10 years, they're very good. They're just not great. They just haven't
2: been able to be great. See, but he's they've been won a lot good. of championships in L.A. over the past five years, so he's a lot of clout right
3: now. Yeah, well, the Dodgers hired – a money ball GM, and now he's playing I mean, with money. Lakers, and it's, you know,
2: Rams. I mean, it's, it's been, it's yeah. been, LA's been LA LA recently.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, we're 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 doing just fine. I think we are in a, headed in the right direction. Oh, mm. well, don't forget, New York,
3: wonderful. Has, New York has had the Giants and Jets recently, and the Knicks, the mighty Knicks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Giants, Jets, Knicks, oh. Nets. Oh. Ugh. yeah, but no, the Nets at least Nets. at times. The, the Nets, Nets Yankees, have, star power. have given you some reason to be hopeful, have made the playoffs and stuff. Man, these other teams, it's just, you know, the largest market in the country, like twice as big as the second biggest market, has fans uninterested in, in the NBA. Good move. Good move, Knicks.
0: <laughs> I don't know how we got on You're the Knicks. You're relentless.
3: The return of the GOAT. And another quarterback who might be on the move this week. can sling it too. That's next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80.
2: Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern
5: on ESPN Radio.
0: Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America.